All right, everybody, welcome to episode 105 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Dupaflex, and the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Fellas, how are you guys doing? It's been good. A good the Lions week, didn't win or lose. They didn't win either. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> keeping it going. Not nine, uh, nine straight weeks of not winning. So uh, that that's good. How about you, Drew? Uh, it's been good overall. Uh, the Bills did lose, um, so it's a tough start to the week. But we'll get it back this week. Listen, uh, my, my Cowboys also lost, and uh, I was. Uh, honored to be uh, to be asked to guest on uh, the trade addicts on Monday, and Russ, as a joke, told people to ask their uh, cowboy related questions. The only problem with that is it took off like wildfire, and everyone started asking questions about the Cowboys. So I got to uh, I got to answer some questions about that while reliving the uh, the tough loss, the tough loss. So I, I know you're. I know your pain, Drew. I feel you. Um, but week nine, week nine was crazy. Week nine. So I had was... the best week, and my team didn't even play. Uh, yes, you did. You, <laughs> you one hundred percent did. Your team, your team didn't play. Um, they didn't have to. Uh, I mean, to be they honest, didn't have to do what they do. <laughs> but nobody got honest, injured. And, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. It might have been a good week for the Lions to play because week nine was a little crazy. Um, everything that you didn't expect to happen did happen. So uh, on that note, before we get too far into it, uh, let's hit up the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Bill, why don't you start us off with your good, man? Yeah, so my good is uh, Elijah Moore. Uh, we you know, he was kind of that sleeper second round pick, um, not necessarily sleeper, but like a, a lot of people were targeting him towards the end of that t- big tier um, that, you know, went from the first to the second round. And, um, you know, he just wasn't getting much going early on. And then finally he got um, the last three weeks, I think he's had six, six and eight targets and he put it together this week. And, you know, got seven catches, 82 yards, um, two touchdowns. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting. The offense for the Jets has kind of looked better, you know, minus the rookie. And, you know, you have your second string guy, and he does well. Then he gets knocked out. Then you have your third string guy, and he comes in and looks great too. So it's like, what in the hell's going on? You know, like, at least I feel good about, like, the – um you know, about Elijah Moore now, like, cause you, you never knew before this, right? Like how, um, is it him or is it the court, the quarterback? And maybe, you know, this answers some questions and, uh, you know, so for me personally, cause I'm rooting for him. Um, this was a, a good week for him and, and me. Yeah. I agree with you. It seems like maybe Elijah Moore is starting to put it all together and, You know, we've been spoiled the last few years with quarterbacks just coming out of college, getting dropped into their team and producing right away. And I think this just shows with with Mike White and then last week, Josh Johnson coming in after that first series. Experience matters. Um, Seeing things before, you know, 
uh, Zach Wilson coming out of BIU or BYU, excuse me. Um, he hasn't seen that stuff before. He hasn't seen pro style defenses, uh, the the movement that's going on on defense, the the switching, the stunts, the blitzes, and you know. A guy like Mike White, yeah, he started his first game a couple weeks ago, but he's been in the league for like four years. So he's bounced around, but he's been in practice every day. He's been on the sideline for games. He's been uh, sitting next to starting quarterbacks and listening to coaches talk about what's going on, what do we do in this situation, how do we, you know, how do we fool this defense with our offense? So even though he may not have the the game experience he has just being on a team and being through it so yeah i'm with you i think um you know that just shows the difference between a vet and a rookie in a lot of situations uh drew what's your good man what was your good from week nine i changed this a couple times and i i i finally had to land on josh allen uh not that one the uh the defensive end (laughs) josh allen who had uh, eight solo tackles sack a couple tackles for a loss interception of Josh Allen, fumble recovery of Josh Allen, uh, <laughs> and and some more stats depending on how deep you go into IDP scoring. But uh, he was a monster this week. If you play IDP, uh, if you happen to be a Jags fan or enjoy defensive struggles, he put on a show. Yeah, and um, I met Josh Allen, the one you're talking about, in Atlantic City uh, a few months before he got drafted. And I'm I'm six two at that time. I was probably like two fifty, two sixty. He dwarfed me. I mean, that guy is a giant of a man. I mean, he probably had four inches, and I guess like twenty or thirty pounds on me. Just rocked up. I mean, a, an amazing looking human being. I mean, I don't look up at too many people, and we have a picture that we actually got together and it looks like uh take your child to work day. I mean, he's just kind of got his arm around my shoulders and, you know, um, but yeah, he's, he's a huge guy and he came up huge for the Jags in that game. Uh, my good is James Connor, uh, man, he balled out and yes, Chase Edmonds, he went down that that's unfortunate. It looks like, He's going to be missing a few weeks with a uh, with a high ankle sprain, but my goodness, you know, ninety six yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and then he added seventy seven yards and a touchdown through the air. I this is I mean, if you have James Conner on your team and you're a contender, you got to be really excited now. Um, you do have to have a little bit of trepidation because if they really start increasing his workload, he is a guy with an injury history. So can he hold up or will uh, they have to put in a guy like, Eno Benjamin to take some carries off of his plate or take some reception work off of his plate. But for week nine, whew, man, he was, uh, he was great, man. He just, he was, uh, I think the highest scoring player in all of fantasy for week nine. So uh, good for him. Uh, everybody knows his story. So it's good seeing him out in Arizona, just literally getting you a touchdown every week. Uh, we'll transition to the bad. The bad was week nine. <laughs> like 
week nine was just like if you play fantasy you're just like why you ask yourself why you do this to yourself and i found this uh i found this great tweet from uh jeff bell at for whom j bell tolls uh a team of Teddy Bridgewater, James Conner, Naheem Hines, Elijah Moore, Olamide Zacchaeus, Malik Turner, and Steven Anderson would have beaten a team of Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Amari Cooper, Tyree Kill, CeeDee Lamb, and Kyle Pitts by 112 PPR points in week nine. <laughs> Just that is week nine in a nutshell. Uh, if I, I I was joking around. I was uh, I was lucky enough to meet up with uh, Dat Network brothers, uh, Rocky Petrella and uh, Russ Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse, along with uh, Shane Manila at Shane is the Worst in uh, Philadelphia. And we sat around at a Buffalo Wild Wings watching the games. And it was just like, it, it was just pain. We... We're cursing at TVs because random person scores a touchdown that nobody's starting. And I made the comment. I said, I bet you there are a lot of teams that are tanking that are real disappointed because I'm sure there are a lot of people that started in Olamide Zacchaeus because they're like, oh, get me three points. This is like the perfect tank guy. And he ends up, I think, like 25 points and half PPR or something like that. I mean, it was just crazy some of the guys that were uh putting up points so yeah that that week nine as a whole is is my bad um drew why don't you hit us with uh your bad speaking of olamid zacchaeus if i had started him i would have won in our listener league so that was really bad Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) bad uh for this week is the other josh allen uh the one who threw for 264 yards. He got 50 yards on the ground, but uh, two INTs, a fumble that was lost. And he was sacked four times, which is a lot for uh, a guy that big, that physical, that mobile. Um, so it was just, it was tough, uh, tough sledding for the Bills this Sunday. So um, hopefully they bounce back and uh, we get a good week coming up. But that for uh, a guy with such high expectations, you know, a few weeks ago, he was in that, you know, overall QB one in dynasty kind of conversation. People were saying he'd be in the same tier as Mahomes, Kyler, et cetera, um, which I think long-term is still possible, but just uh, a dud of a week for him when they didn't need a lot more, but um, they, they didn't need what they gave him. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the games we were watching and it was just like, wait, wait, this game is close. Every time we turned around, cause you're watching seven games at once. Every time we turned around, we're like, well, wait. And and I even said, I think it was the after halftime, I said, don't worry. The Bills did this last week with the Dolphins. They let them hang around for about three quarters, and then the fourth quarter kicked in, and they just, they, you know, pulled away. That didn't happen. And, you know, that was, you know, that was with uh, Trevor Lawrence getting hurt as well. It's just. Week nine, man. It, it was bad for everyone. It was bad for everyone. Uh, Bill, who was your bad for week nine? Yeah, my bad was the uh, just Green Bay quarterback situation in general. You know, you get the uh, Aaron Rodgers with the whole, uh, you know, 
immunization thing. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't think of the word. And, um, you know, just the blowback because of like the what he said and, you know, just the the craziness that happened with that. And then also your first round quarterback or, or was it second round, second round first quarterback? Round. Huh? First round. Oh, late first. first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First round quarterback, you know, that you're supposedly grooming to replace him just comes out and, you know, looks like a dud. Um, everything was just moving so fast for him. And um, it just looked like he looked like a deer in headlights. So, um, you know, granted, it's the same thing, you know, like you were saying with, um, um, was it Mike White? Uh, Zach, uh, Zach, Wilson. Oh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. And then, you know, and we saw it with, um, uh fields early you know i mean it's changing a little bit it's starting to slow down a little bit for him so i mean it's not the end of the world yet but it's just you know what a bad week because it was a game you should have won that you didn't and um you know so a your your star quarterback screws up b your new quarterback uh doesn't look that good um so just a rough rough uh week for uh green bay quarterbacks yeah, that's a great one between the uh, the Aaron Rodgers mess. I mean, what he said, what his status was, and then seeing that the Packers weren't really following any of the protocols that they should have been with Aaron Rodgers since he wasn't vaccinated. And then Jordan Love comes. I mean, Jordan Love probably could have put a lot of the Aaron Rodgers saga to bed if he had come out there and looked good. Not great, but good. And he laid an egg. Um, And now the talk besides Aaron Rodgers is, you know, did Green Bay mess up by not only taking a quarterback in the first round while you have Aaron Rodgers, but trading up to get that quarterback. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with – not only Jordan Love, but Aaron Rodgers come the offseason. Bill, while you're at it, why don't you hit us with some ugly? Yeah, my my ugly was uh, Robbie Anderson. I mean, this has just been consistent this year, but he had three targets, basically one, two, three, one catch, two yards, three targets. And, um, you know, er, he was going in the middle rounds for, uh, you know, drafts this year and that's that's disappointing when you're just getting you can't even put him in your lineup like it's there's you might get a blow up week but i mean you just got to be lucky that it happens to be a bi-week replacement or something like that but other than that he's not going in your lineup and yeah it's just a i mean honestly for that whole team this week it was rough but um yeah i just i don't know what's what's going on but you know night to or day to night, I guess, from last year to this year, right? And um, just everything's kind of changed for them. But, yeah, rough, rough. Uh, one catch, two yards. Like, literally, you any of us could do that. Like, yeah. all we got to do is take a few steps. And, I mean, granted, the cornerback would be right on our, our tail, so we probably wouldn't do it, but. Um, but but there, were, there would be other guys on the field to pull defense. I mean, they, they have... DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey was playing in that game. You know, I mean, there are other guys. And, I mean, you're you're hit it on the head. We're drafting him in the middle rounds. And 
some of that was based on what he did last year. And some of that was based on the fact that they extended him during the off season. <laughs> so they gave him two more years. We were like, Oh, this is, you know, DJ Moore's running mate. This is the guy opposite of him. And it's just been bad. I mean, Sam Darnold had three really good weeks and then fell off a cliff and now he's injured. So it's the PJ Walker show. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's, um, it, that's bad. That, I mean, excuse me, that's ugly. So, uh, Drew, why don't you hit us with your ugly, man? Uh, keeping with the same game, Bills, Jags overall, five field goals. I mean, you mentioned it being close all game. It's because nobody could score. Uh, I, I hope uh, Linda G doesn't hear me here. I, nothing against kickers, but watching five field goals over 60 minutes is uh, it's a little bit little bit uh, tough to watch uh, for, for a team that should be high powered like the Bills going in against Jags. And, you know, as a, as a fan, I'm expecting, you know, 30 to 10, maybe something like that. Like you said, Josh, last week the Bills got off to a slow start, but they finally put things together in the second half. And, yeah, it was just uh, – it was ugly. I wasn't watching because I was at work, but just tracking it. And yeah, I'm refreshing a couple times thinking, is my, my app stuck? What's going on here? Um, uh, my Fantasy League put a great tweet out there in the middle of the week or middle of the, the, the day on Sunday. No, folks, please don't email us. There's nothing wrong with your app. Those are really the <laughs> scores that your, your guys are producing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was – that was tough. That was uh, ugly to track throughout my day. Uh, the the good news is that during, if you were keeping track of all the games, you were just watching a lot of strange things happening, you know, across the league. I mean, Denver was up on Dallas 30 to nothing at one point. Uh, I mean, the Sunday night game with Matt Stafford throwing uh, an interception out of the end zone, which then uh, gets taken in. And then the first play, he throws a pick six. I mean, it was just weird. You know, the Bears winning and then not winning and then deciding on going for a 65-yard field goal instead of the Hail Mary. It just, it was a lot of weirdness from the one o'clock games on Sunday until the end of uh, Monday night football. So it was just one of those weeks that we shake our head and we go, this is why no one can say that they're a, a master at fantasy because the unpredictability of it all is too much. Uh, my ugly was Kenny Galladay. He was back. He was supposed to be healthy. Uh, we uh, heralded him as the wide receiver one that the Giants uh, needed a uh, a weapon for uh, Daniel Jones and two receptions, 28 yards. I mean, I know there were some people that were high on him. They thought that he was really going to blow up in New York and it hasn't materialized yet. Some of that is injuries. Uh, some of that is poor play. But, um, yeah, Kenny G, just uh, two for 28. And uh, that, to me, is very, very ugly. So uh, that's a good, bad, and ugly. Uh, you guys came with some great ones. 
I love that. Uh, I love Drew got both Josh Allen's into it, um, so that our people that are our IDP players, you know, can get a little love because we don't usually talk about the defensive side of the ball uh, during good, bad, and ugly. But hey, let's move it on to what we saw in the timeline, what we do best, what we love doing, and let's break this down and let's let's uh, answer some people's questions. So this first one here is from. To Utah at Steve Sanders 600, 12-team, 2QB dynasty, half PPR, which side do you want? CeeDee Lamb and Irv Smith or Debo and Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Bill, since you're the, uh, our resident uh, Lions insider, uh, which, uh, which side of this trade would you want? Yeah, this is this is tough because I I, I do think CD Lamb's the best piece in this trade, um, but is like Irv Smith to me right now is really worth too much. Um, I do like the potential upside with him, but we haven't seen it yet. Really, uh, maybe some late season stuff last year, but um, I think the difference between Hack and Irv Smith is greater than the difference between Debo and CeeDee Lamb. So I think with that being said, I'll go with the Hawk side. Um, but, you know, if somebody's super passionate about CeeDee Lamb, uh, I'm totally, you know, I don't think it's there's a bad decision here really because if you're, if you're looking to um, really just upgrade at a starting position, like I'm totally fine making the other move. Um, because Irv, really, like, you throw him on your IR, so you're saving a roster spot. And I think that, you know, that might be important to some teams if they're super deep. So, but, yeah, just purely on at least my perceived value is uh, the Debo side. Nice. Uh, Drew, what do you think? you want CeeDee Lamb and Irv Smith or Debo and TJ Hawkinson? This, this is a tough one. Um, I love Debo this year. I've got him on a couple of redraft teams as well as a couple of dynasty spots. So real happy to have him this year. Um, I agree with Bill. CD is definitely the, the shiny piece here. Uh, if this is uh, you know a tight end premium, it's the Hawkinson side and Debo um, pretty quickly for me, but being just a, a half PPR, uh, I, I'd probably still lean that side. I think Debo... Um, you get, he gets a lot of yards after the catch. So a lot of short stuff. So you can accumulate some of the, the half PPR points pretty quickly for you. Um, you know, CD's drawing pretty heavy coverage. He's going to get the best person on the other side. So, uh, gun to my head, I'd probably go with the Debo Hawkinson side, but I could, I could certainly see the CD side being okay as well. And yeah, I mean, Irv at this point, I, I was passionate about him last year and thought, you know, I was really excited to get him kind of cheap in the year. And then by the end of the year, really excited. Um, but now we've been saying the same thing for a couple of years that we're, we're excited about the upside. Can't wait to see what happens when he's got the, the gig to himself. And I mean, heck Conklin's scoring double digits right now for the last three weeks. So, uh, who knows how, how much they'll need Irv to come back. So I don't know. That was pretty noncommittal, but I, I think I'm with Bill. I'll go with Debo and Hawkinson at this point. Yeah. And before I give my answer, there is a good reason why this, trade is you know so mind-bending and the poll says it 
It's 51% for the Debo side and 49% for the CeeDee Lamb side. So even Twitter, who usually uh, will pick a side and run up the score a little bit, is split on this one. Uh, I am going to go, though, with the CeeDee Lamb side. And the reason for that is I think CeeDee Lamb, uh, barring a major injury or something this year, is probably going to be a top three to five uh, dynasty wide receiver uh, going into 2022. And I think he has the potential to uh, have Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams type value uh, in uh, half a season to a full season from now. And I think at that point, he'll be able to pull more than a Devo and TJ Hawkinson deal. So I think that's the reason why I would go on the CD Lamb side. But I did, I went back and forth on this a couple times because, I mean, I love TJ Hawkinson and I love Debo and he's been healthy and he's been just balling out so far for the 49ers. I don't know if that'll last, but I am going to ride the wave for as long as it does. Um, but yeah, I, I think. CD Lamb is the only player in this trade that can uh, get to the point where he has that truly elite value where you need a monster haul to get him off of your team at some point. So uh, that's the reason why I would I would go with the CD side. But I mean, when it's pretty much 50-50 like that, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, and you both came up with a lot of good reasons why the Debo and TJ Hawkinson side would be more advantageous. So either way, uh, I think your set uh, for me would be the CD side. Uh, Bill and Drew would go with Debo and Hawkinson. So uh, sorry, Steve. Um, it's kind of a 50-50 deal. And even though there are three of us, we're kind of split as well. So uh if you want to go with the majority of us, then take that Devo side. But there is uh, there is a lot of value to be had on both sides. So this next one here is from uh, Chris Mbyte Size Fantasy Football Stats uh, at Force underscore Fantasy. Interesting dynasty debate. Which QB would you rather have for dynasty, Jalen Hurts or Mac Jones? Now, we talked about Jalen Hurts last week on the show. We gave our feelings, and I want to see if, if those feelings have changed for, for anybody. But then I want to also bring Mac Jones into this situation and see um, how we feel about Mac Jones overall and then how we feel about him versus uh, Jalen Hurts. So, Drew, why don't you start us off? Uh, Dynasty, are you going with Jalen Hurts or are you going with Mac Jones? Uh, I think for long term, I, I'd rather have Mac Jones, somebody who seems to have a handle on the job moving forward. Um, you don't see Belichick go and cycle through a bunch of quarterbacks uh, real fast. And if he can settle in and do his job, uh, he'll have a job for a long time. And, uh, you know, you trust that their system will pick up and he, he's never going to be, a, you know, a four or five touchdown guy very often. He might get one per season uh, when the, the situation is just right. Um, but for Hurts, there's too many question marks. I think long-term, uh, I've got him in a couple teams this year and I, I really enjoy having him this year, but those are teams where I have 
either three or four decent quarterbacks. And I, I pretty well resigned to not knowing next year or hoping that he lands in a, a spot that he can be a starter. Um, you know, whether Philly drafts his replacement or they trade him, uh, you know, it, it's fine. If he goes somewhere else, you hope that he can put it together in another year in the league. Um, you know, he can keep going for his sake, but if I'm building a team right now and I'm looking longer term, I'll take Mac Jones and just count on him as a solid QB three moving forward. And that buys me a little time until maybe 2023. If I feel better about that QB class and I can put my chips into uh, some skill players next year. I like that. I like that. Bill, what about, what about you? Jalen hurts or Mac Jones for dynasty? Yeah, I, I think this is a, uh, one of those questions that it depends on league um, it depends on if it's like a 12 team or less, or it's a 14 teamer or more. Uh, if it's 14 teamer or more, I think it's more important to have quarterback that I feel is going to be better long-term and safer long-term. So I'm more will, I'm more apt to be conservative with my quarterback selections because it's just harder to acquire them. Um, so I think I, you know, in that case I would take Mac Jones, but if it's 12 or less, I'm going to go for upside because I feel like it is, you can still get quarterbacks and replace them. And so, um, you know, just adding like a, an older quarterback, you can oftentimes get them for a good discount in the off season. And um, so I probably go Jalen hurts just with the hopes of the upside. Um, You know, maybe he keeps improving or he improves over the course of the season and, you know, makes it hard on the Eagles to, um, get rid of him. Um, plus you get him for the rest of the year, at least theoretically. Um, so, and, I, and you know, again, it also it probably has to do with where your team is at. Like if you're, um, if you're not contending, I'm probably going Mac Jones. Whereas if I'm a contender, I'm probably going with Jalen hurts. Yeah. And, and that's a good point, Bill. Uh, where's your team at? Because, um, I wouldn't tell a, a true contender, a top one or two team, well, trade away Jalen Hurts because I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be a starter in Philadelphia next year. I don't think he'll be, but he's going to be the starter in Philadelphia for the rest of this season, barring injury. So get the points, get those rushing yards. He's not he's not a, a good real-life NFL quarterback, but he scores you points in, in fantasy. So that's all we care about. We're not worried about, uh, you know, can he, you know, can he discern when the blitz is coming and can he, you know, can he beat a cover two shell and all that? We don't care about that. We Are you scoring points? Yes or no? And he is scoring points. So um, that's true. And Drew brought up a good point about um, stability. You know, Mac Jones is blocked in there probably for five years minimum you know he's going to be their guy bill belichick is going to groom him you know he's trying to prove to the world that he can win the thing without tom brady tom brady is always is already proven that he can win without the genius of bill belichick so uh bill belichick is not in the uh He's not in the mindset of just trying to cycle through quarterbacks until he find finds one that clicks. He has Mac Jones. That's going to be his guy. Um, we'll see. Uh, Mac Jones might get a 
shiny new toy in the next couple of days if that's where uh, Odell Beckham decides to sign. Uh, so that could be an interesting pairing to say the least. But, um, you know, for me, I think I'm going with Mac Jones. Uh, the stability is there. Uh, you know, we're talking about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles only have three wins in the first nine weeks of the season. Um, that's not good. And that's not a guy that the new head coach, Nick Sirianni, drafted. That was a guy that was drafted in the previous regime. And with a possibility of having three first-round picks, uh, they may use one on a quarterback or package a couple to move up to get a quarterback. That's definitely a possibility, especially if they end the season 5-12 and 12 or 6-11. and 11. You know, they may say, all right, listen, Jalen Hurts, might be a nice guy, but he's not a guy that can win NFL games. And he might either be relegated to a backup or uh, packaged in a trade, uh, maybe to get a Deshaun Watson, uh, maybe to get a, another quarterback that's disgruntled. And um, I just don't have high hopes for his uh, availability past this season. So give me Mac Jones. Uh, I like the guy that I think is going to be there for at least five years. All right. So next one here is from Ridley Truther at CWC Wood One. Uh, Ridley Truther is in the FTC, the fantasy timeline chat. And man, that thing has been, uh, that thing has been bumping lately. All the news has been going on around there. Uh, I put, I, you know, we just love, we love, talking about everything that's going on, who's up, who's down, uh, talking about our team, talking about trades that were being offered, all kinds of good stuff. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, uh, just hit any of us up at our handles, uh, which are on the screen and I mentioned earlier, or hit us up at the show handle at uh, Fantasy Timeline, and we'll let you in. There, you know, No cost, no nothing. Just say, hey, I want to get in there. And jump right in, and we'll be we will be cutting it up. We will be chatting it up, and we'll be having a good time. But really, Truther is asking us about a trade scenario: twelve team super flex, one PPR, six point for passing touchdowns. Now, this is a Scott Fishbowl scoring copycat league, so I'm assuming they have all of the positive and negative points for uh, passes completed, uh, passes that aren't completed pick sixes and all that stuff. So he's saying Matt Ryan or James Robinson. Both sides are contending this year. The Matt Ryan owner has Russell Wilson, Teddy Bridgewater, and Big Ben if this trade goes through. So Matt Ryan or James Robinson. I'll go first. I went with Matt Ryan. Um, if you look at the, the poll here, uh, and the poll isn't over, but when I pulled this, it was at 73% for James Robinson. So I am obviously on a very small island here with maybe just a couple of other people. But we're talking about a super flex league. Now, obviously, um, Ridley doesn't put what his quarterback room looks like. But I'm assuming if he's trying to make this trade, he... Um, is either looking for a better QB2 or maybe he's been hit by a bunch of injuries and he needs a 
better quarterback won. So in a super flex league like this, I'm going to assume since it's an SFB copycat league, it's also redraft. Uh, Matt Ryan's on kind of on fire right now. He's been playing very well. He's been um, he's been scoring points, even though it's kind of funny because everyone except for uh, Cordero Patterson has not been scoring points on the Falcons. But um, yeah, that quarterback is, is always king and. James Robinson has had a has a foot injury. I think he's supposed to be coming back this week, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh so that's a little dicey. So, yeah, for me, it's Matt Ryan. Uh Bill, who do you got here? You got Matt Ryan or you got James Robinson? Yeah, I mean, without all the information, I think um I agree with you actually. Um I would um take Ryan. Um I mean, just looking at the scoring and I kind of looked at it from like week 4 week four to week nine, just because that's kind of when, you know, maybe a little bit more opportunity was given to these guys. And it was 24 points a game for Ryan and like 18 for Robinson. So it's like, um, you know, just that point differential um, is, is pretty big. Um, If you really need a running back, um, you know, I, I just, if you're both contenders, I don't want to give the other guy more points. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're going to, yes, it's going to help your team also, but I'm a little, if he's truly a contender and so am I without this trade, then I would rather just hold because I'm not super stoked about the other guys in the room until Russ comes back. Um, in particular, just because of the scoring. I mean, I think Ben can be okay. Um, I mean, you got have all efficient quarterbacks, so that's good um, for the scoring. But um, I don't know. I, I'm just not super uh, super stoked about uh, the other two quarterbacks other than Russ. So I, I think I hold, honestly. And just to throw this out here, uh, Ridley's in the room. He says, FYI, that was his quarterback room. So he has Russ. Ben, Teddy Bridgewater, and Matt Matty Ice right now. So he would be trading uh, Matt Ryan away. So I may have uh, misread that when I said that earlier, but he would be the one trading away Matt Ryan to get James Robinson. So, uh, Bill, great point about giving away points. And, yeah, I don't want to do that to somebody else who I might have to face later on down the line. Uh, Drew, what do you think? Is it uh, is it Matt Ryan or is it James Robinson? Uh, the main question I've got is what what is his running back room uh, look like right now? Is James Robinson going to be his RB one because he's been riding, you know, all these zero RB, RB guys, and all of a sudden his RB one jumps from ten or twelve points a game to eighteen points a game now with Robinson. Um, so I, that's tough for those guys. I mean, Teddy is sneaky good for for SFB scoring. Um, I'm the type of guy too. I think uh, as much as I like QB and super flex and things like this, uh, some of it comes down to simplifying decisions too. So if I'm really going between trying to pick between three really efficient guys and trying to pick through matchups, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, um, decision overload is, is tough. And I'd rather just plug in a couple of guys that I know that I'm going to start and I feel good about. And, you know, if, um, you know, Ben's going up against the the Browns this week in Cleveland. I don't feel great about that. And maybe I'll check out and see what Teddy's got. And Russ is probably locked in every week. Um, so decision fatigue there, especially if you're in multiple leagues. 
So I could go either way on that one, depending on what the running backs look like. But if J-Rob is a, a, a big upgrade for you at RB1 or maybe RB2, um, maybe you've been hit by injury somewhere else, um, and you get to pair him now with a, a stud running back that you got earlier, um, I'm fine taking Robinson. Um, yeah, I, that's my main question is what does the running back room look like? Uh, without knowing that, um, yeah, I mean, Ryan has been good overall. He's had a couple of down weeks and a couple of duds, but overall – He's had, I don't know, he's, he's hitting 300 yards almost every other week, I think, and he's got multiple touchdowns in most games. So that's where the SFE scoring, you got to look at his completion percentage, um, how many sacks is he taking, which all those things ding you as well. So um, I guess if you're looking at value, maybe you, maybe you hope you can, like you said, whether uh, it's giving points to a non-contender or a lower contender, or maybe you can flip Teddy, who is an efficient quarterback, for maybe a slightly lower running back. Um, maybe you take a delay on that gratification and go for Kareem Hunt and see when he comes back instead. Um, maybe people are still low on a guy like Jacobs or uh, Monty coming off injury. So I think you've got some some other running backs that could be options out there. If it's redraft, I know it's tough to trade in some of those leagues. If it's dynasty, uh, you know it's a whole other ball of wax, but. Um, depending on what your RB room looks like, I could definitely see taking Robinson as an upgrade. Otherwise, I mean, Matt Ryan and, and, uh, Russ for the rest of the season is a pretty nice combo to start. All right. So Ridley truther said he, uh, he posted the roster, uh, in a tweet. So I, I actually have this roster up and I think, I think our minds will be pretty much made up when, when I tell you the first three running backs in his room. Uh, he's currently got Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, and Darrell Henderson. That's that's his top three running backs. So, what do you need James I, Robinson for? Yeah, I, I thank you. You you uh, you you read my mind. Uh, he has uh, Latavius Murray on the bench. He has Alex Collins on the bench. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I don't I don't see trading away a hot quarterback right now for a guy that honestly I don't think you really need. Um so keep Matt Ryan. Um and I mean his his team is pretty good. I mean he also has uh uh Devontae Adams, Scary Terry, uh Robert Woods on this team as well. So he's got he's got a pretty stacked team. Uh I good don't for you man. I don't think he needs to do much of anything right now. I know there's some uh, some question marks around Alvin Kamara and if he is um, if he's healthy, but uh, if he isn't, you can still slide Darrell Henderson mm-hmm. in there. I mean, you have some you know kind of okay guys in Latavius Murray and Alex Collins, and uh, you know he is also chilling out with. Uh, Logan Thomas on the IR right now. So um, once Logan Thomas gets back, which I think is going to be this week, possibly uh, the rich just keep getting richer on this team. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change up the team at all. Personally, I would uh, keep doing what you're doing and um, keep getting those wins because uh, he, uh, I'm assuming they have some kind of doubleheader system. His team is 13 and five right now. So oh, heck yeah. Uh, Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. He's doing well. The team is, the team is stacked and he's been winning games, obviously with Russ Wilson, uh, 
on the IR, Logan Thomas on the IR. He also has Michael Gallup, who's been on the IR. Um, so he's doing this with some banged up players as well and just continuing to win games. So, yeah, Ridley, keep your team as is. Don't, uh, sometimes we get, uh, we want to make a trade. We get that itch that we have to make a trade. We have to do something uh, to make the team a little bit different. And sometimes the best moves to be made are uh, the moves that we actually don't end up making. So uh, great question. Um, keep Matt Ryan, keep the rest of your team, unless somebody, you know, offers you, you know, Christian McCaffrey or something for Matt Ryan, just, just keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and, uh, keep partying with that team. Uh, this next one here is from Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF, our DAT network brother from the Dynasty Junkies. Who are you sending late first for in leagues where you're rebuilding? I get that picks are great to have right now if you're rebuilding, but who are some of the players you think can be had now for cheaper than they'll be before or on draft day? Uh, Drew, why don't you start us off on this one? Who are you selling those? Uh, who are you selling those late first for on those contenders? Uh, not depending on the format. Um, not quite till late first yet, but um, I'd like to get ahead of the curve on Pat Firemouth if I'm in a TEP league. Um, you know, a little bit of that's recency, but I mean, he's he's become uh, you know a, a security blanket for Big Ben there, and I think he's got the skills to continue that even beyond Big Ben. Um, you know, situationally for the rest of the season, depending on what happens with Claypool, uh, with his injury, uh, it could be the Deontay and Fryermuth show for, you know, for the rest of the season and mix in a little bit of Najee. So um, yeah, depending on what my need is and if I'm in one of these safe leagues where it's two points per for a tight end premium, push come to shove. If I'm, you know, if I've got a bunch of my guys on IR, if my, you know, my top tight end right now is maybe a Zach Ertz who's aging a little bit, but still doing okay. Maybe I want to, you know, get a younger guy in the hopper there. I, if I'm contending um, and I've got what I think is going to be a, a bottom three first round pick next year, I'm, I could probably get to, to firing one of those off. I'm probably starting with uh, maybe a couple of seconds for him to start um, for a single player, maybe like a T Higgins. If people are, are low on him, if they're still uh, assuming that chase is going to run away with everything. I think Higgins will be a very good wide receiver too. And, um, you know, whether Boyd's there long-term or if he gets moved in the next couple of seasons, uh, Burrow's one of those guys that I think can, can support multiple receivers just fine. Um, so if somebody's willing to get rid of T Higgins, who's still young, who's uh, got a championship caliber mindset from you know college that's translated really easily to the NFL, uh, he's just a guy I like having on the team, especially if I can get him as maybe my wide receiver three or something like that if I'm, you know, really good at running or wide receiver right now, and I'm aging out there. So those are the first two that came that came to mind. I had some other running backs in mind, but I, I really don't like paying for running backs. So um, kind of kept it there. Bill, who who's uh, who's got that Pat Fryermuth guy on the uh, in the OG league? Do you know? Um. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love how Bill plays a little coy. Uh, Bill, who would you be trading those late first for on those contenders? You know, I was I didn't write anything on the show sheet, and I I do still you want don't, a second? I still don't know the answer. Like, um, I've want- I've been scrolling, um, up and down the list, and I just don't see anybody. I'm super sold on buying 
I mean, aside for I do like your selection. Uh, I like both of those selections actually that are on the list, but like, I just don't see a lot of people I'm like excited to like give my first up for. Um, like, and I'm also confident that they're going to be worth more on draft day because that wasn't that part of the the tweet. So it would have to be somebody younger, yeah, and or a situation change. And so like, I just don't, the people I'm thinking of are, are going to have negative situation changes, not positive. So um, like, cause I was thinking for running back, like I'd be like, could I get Aaron Jones for a late first? I don't know. Like, could I get, I don't know. Drew's making a face. So probably not. Um, I don't know that I'd you don't pay like that. For that. Him. What's that? Yeah. I don't think I'd pay that for him unless, you know, I need that to, to make the push for this year. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, that wouldn't be, like, something for next year also. So, like, I had a hard time even picking anybody. Is Mike Williams somebody? Like, but he's getting hurt all the time. And he had that, like, there's just nobody I'm super confident about um, paying up for unless I need, like, a quarterback. And, you know, somebody I think, like, I mean, our go-to, but he's still not going to be worth more. Everybody would be older. So, like, I just don't have an answer. Well, but I think that's fair. I think sometimes you can say, hey, there isn't anybody that I feel really great about using a late first on that I think I can legitimately get and that will legitimately be a piece that will either put me over the top or help put me over the top. So, I, I mean, I think that is a fair answer. Like, hey, there isn't anyone. Um I mean, uh, the only ones I, I can see, I'm sorry, are are like Amari, but then like it would have to be like a situation change. Or like, or is he under contract next year? Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, he starts performing better, you know, and his, but I mean, can you get him for a late first? I don't know the answer to that. Um, maybe. I've actually thought about it. I might try so, it. So like he, he's somebody that I think, you know, if he, he picks it back up, you're going to be back up into that, you know, mid first yeah range um i can't imagine anybody's gonna sell dj Moore um for a late first right now uh, maybe if you got somebody really nervous yeah i i think dj Moore is an interesting one and i you know i think it you know obviously depends on how long your league has been around but if you're like year three year four and that guy has had dj Moore the whole time or almost the whole time he may be getting to the point where he's like Carolina is never going to figure out this quarterback thing. I, you know, DJ Moore is great, but he's never going to have a good quarterback tied to him. And you may be able to get him for late first. So I'm not saying you can do that in every league, but I, I think there are some leagues that you would be able to pull off a late first for DJ Moore just because, you know, especially, you know, especially during the off season when you like, you know, look back at, DJ Moore's stats and it really doesn't matter what they are because DJ Moore actually had a pretty good season last year but we treat him like he was garbage so it doesn't really matter what DJ Moore does for the rest of this year we're probably going to look at his stats and be like well he wasn't very good he was he was terrible and um that narrative could get you a uh, a late first and then by the time we kind of start up all over again in August, really starting to look at, okay, who do we like? Who do we don't like? 
then the narrative will switch and we'll go, why do we hate DJ Moore? He actually had a pretty good season, but everybody said he had a bad, you know, we do this every year. It's kind of funny. So um, I do like DJ Moore. Um, mine, was, mine was Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. And honestly, the way he's been playing, we can call him Hollywood again. I, I used to call him San Bernardino Brown. Uh, Scott Sidlow on the Junkies used to call him Hallmark Brown because, you know, it was like the Hallmark channel, you know, just made you cry. Uh, every time you have to start him in your league. But he has been balling out. And, you know, we said, ah, Sammy Watkins is going to take it for a little bit of time. And Rashad Bateman is going to take it for, you know, once he gets back and healthy. But it, it has been the Hollywood show each and every week. You know, he's just been balling out. He's been doing what he does. Um, but I think I think there's still going to be the, narrative that well he only did it for one year he only did it you know because Sammy Watkins is Sammy Watkins has only played what once one or two games and Rashad Bateman missed the first four or five weeks of the season and, uh, well that's the only reason why Hollywood did it and I don't think that's the case I think you know Hollywood was a guy that first of all came came into the league with a foot injury so he was trying to recover from his own stuff, then learn the NFL game. And we always kind of have said with wide receivers, and again, I think we got spoiled at a lot of different positions with guys just coming out of college like uh, Justin Jefferson and this year with Jamar Chase. They just come in and they just dominate. They just go off in their first year, their elite talents. But the rule used to be like, oh, you need three years with wide receivers. Well, this is year three for Hollywood and we're starting to see him really go to town. So um, I think during draft season, he won't be a guy that people will attach that high value to because um, he hasn't done it for a long enough period of time in people's minds. And that's cool. I'll take Hollywood. I'll take Hollywood during the off season. If you want to trade him for late first, like I'm cool. I'll give you the one. 10 the 111 the 112 and you can give me hollywood let's go we'll be we'll be happy campers in that regard um but drew i really like yours i I love pat firemuth uh and uh i'm glad i have him on a few teams it makes me it makes me happy that i get to uh get to enjoy all of this uh pat firemuthness uh all right this next one here is from Boyd Killingworth at Dynasty Boyd. Who would you rather on your Dynasty roster? Terry McLaurin or Stefan Diggs? And we'll let Drew go last on this one since he uh since he has a bias in this uh in this poll here. Uh so Bill, why don't you start us off, man? Are you going with Terry McLaurin or Stefan Diggs for Dynasty? That's pretty close. So I'm just going to go boil it down to the quarterback. So I'm going to take Stefan Diggs. It's pretty, I mean, coin flip, but then when I it's in the air, you know the answer. You know what I mean? Like what you want to happen. And that's exactly where I landed. Um, so pretty easily, uh, Stefan Diggs. Pretty easily, Stefan Diggs. All right. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if if, uh, if you which way you were going to go on that. So it was it was fun to get it. Um, we're going to make it two for two though. Uh, Bill and I in lockstep. 
it's Stefan Diggs. And, you know, people are kind of like they're clowning on him for some reason because, well, he's not doing as good as he did last year. He's still really freaking good, though. Like, and, and Terry McLaurin has had some trouble this year. And don't get me wrong. It, this is kind of a DJ Moore situation, even though he has performed more, uh, I think, than DJ Moore has. I mean, they they just haven't given him a quarterback. It was supposed to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. He gets hurt in the first game. And it's been um, Taylor Heineke uh, so far for the rest of the season. You know, lastly, last, excuse me, last year it was Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith. It's just like, get this man a quarterback so he can go to town. But Stephon Diggs has that. And I think, uh, I think he's a dominant player with a, a highly elite quarterback. So I too will go Stephon Diggs. So, Drew, uh, are you going to go with your, your hometown biases and uh, make it three for three for Stefan Diggs? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know he's, uh, I don't know, he, he's about two years older, maybe not quite two years older than McLaurin, so you get the age thing. But, again, he's not a speed guy um, like Tyreek uh, or, you know, Deshaun Jackson, some of these guys where the speed speed falls off, but. Um, you've also got a bunch of older guys. I mean, he's got Emmanuel Sanders, he's got Cole Beasley, and not a whole lot else behind those guys too. So he he will have his opportunity to be the alpha there um, again. And you know, I think for him at this point, it's just enjoying being on a, a team that wants him and uh, maybe not having to carry as much pressure as well, knowing that there are other guys that can uh, relieve some of that pressure and carry some of the, the game, um, you know, when – when the bills need to make a play. And, uh, you know, I, I love watching that as a fan, having the options. It's one of those things. It's, it's tough for dynasty, right? Cause you want, or for fantasy, you want the guy that is going to be guaranteed double digit targets a game, which that is McLaurin, which is fine. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the quarterback as well, you have a guy that's t- tied to you know a top three or five dynasty quarterback for the next few years. So I think, um, you know, biases aside, Diggs is the type of guy that can produce deep uh, into his career for the next four or five years. And he's got a really good quarterback that is, yeah, is continuing to learn and grow with him. Um, they have continuity. You know, we'll see what happens with the offensive coordinator. I think last year we thought maybe Dable would step out and go and get a head coaching job. I think this year it's almost inevitable if they go deep in the playoffs again. But um, there's some rhythm there. So, yeah, digs, digs pretty easily from here for me here. I've got a league where I have McLaurin. And, uh, you know, if I had any dreams of getting digs in return, uh, I, I would do that straight up. Well, maybe you should try it out and see what happens. I think I um, Report yeah. back next week. That's right. Tell, <laughs> tell us what, what was said to you uh, in that trade offer. But we were, we were on the uh, – we were in the minority, all three of us. This was um, 56 to 44, so a, a pretty close poll, but uh, – we were definitely uh, on the losing side, according to Twitter. Uh, so we got one last one here on the way out. Uh, this week's Who Do You Love? Uh, Josh Allen versus the Jets or Lamar Jackson versus the Dolphins? Ooh, who do we love? I'm, I'm curious about this. Drew, why don't you start us off? Uh, you're not going to get to go last on two straight bills <laughs> questions. Uh so is it is it Josh Allen this week against um, 
maybe the most elite quarterback in the league right now, Mike White or um, <laughs> Lamar Jackson versus the uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I forgot to put the credit on this one here, by the way. This is from John Dansby at Dansby's Fantasy. Uh, sorry about that, John. Um, you know, I don't want to be on uh, the Jets or the Dolphins this week. I think both are going to uh, probably get, hopefully get shredded, both of them. Um, I actually voted for Lamar on this. And, and, you know, you look at what he's been doing this season, both with his arm and his legs. Um, so I, I, if I had uh, an option, like if this is a DFS question and they're similar prices, I'm, I'm going to take Lamar here. Uh, it hurts me to say it. Um, I hope Josh and the Bills bounce back big and and put a hurt on on the Jets. But um, yeah, uh, objectively, I'm taking Lamar. All right, Bill, is it Josh Allen or is it Lamar Jackson this week? I agree with Drew. Uh, I'm going Lamar here. Um, I just feel like it's. I feel like they're really passing the ball more, you know, they're not running it as much. And, you know, if that's the case, and then when they are, it's Lamar. So like, it just seems like, like I'm never not starting him. I don't think like no matter who my quarterback is other than him, like, I think he's always starting for me. So um, he might be like in my mind, uh, not value wise necessarily, but he might be my QB one in my mind as to who I start over everyone else. Uh, we're going to make it three for three because I will not uh, bet against Mike White. Uh, guys, guys just come out there every week and it's just been, uh, he's been on fire. He has been, uh, he has been hot. And I think uh, according to NBA jam rules, if he gets one more week of doing what he did, he's going to be on fire for the rest of the season. So uh, yeah, you know, he's got something he's got something to play for, too. But, um, yeah, Lamar, I mean, you guys both hit it. Lamar is not just doing it with his legs this year. He is doing it with his arm. Uh, you know, crazy week nine. You know, he had p- passing touchdowns to uh, Patrick Ricard and uh, big play Devin Duvernay and uh, – uh, was Freeman. I mean, he was just hitting all of the people that nobody was uh, starting on their team. So, but uh, I saw a crazy stat and I wish I had um, saved the tweet to give credit, but he, even with the increase in the passing game, he's averaging 12 more yards per game than he did in his first three seasons, rushing the ball. So even with the increase in passing, he personally has also had an increase in rushing yards. So I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't just put a spy on him anymore because cool. That's one less guy that he has to worry about in the passing game. And if you don't put a spy on him, cool. Uh, He can just run by you. So you're really as a defense, you're stuck because he has now really gotten to the point and he started doing it last year, but now he's really at a point where he can, he can defeat you with his arm or his legs. And that is, that is hard to deal with. And, you know, it's crazy that even with the amount of injuries that that team has suffered on the offensive side of the ball, that he is still um, 
performing at this at this level. So yeah, we're going three for three. It's uh it's Lamar Jackson. I'm my, you know, I pick Lamar mostly because I don't I don't want to have to uh answer to Mike White uh when he does something filthy against the Bills. I don't want that on my conscience. So although and that with that argument, I mean that might be good for Allen, right? Like because then you have like a it going back and forth and he's gonna Allen's gonna have to push also. So like I mean, if it's a blowout, you know, they might just start running the ball like um, the Ravens, right? Or either yeah. team if it's a blowout. So, um, you know, you, you want to actually pick the offense that's going to be a little more successful, I think, um, for this week, I guess. So we're picking the Jets. Okay, cool. I just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> so then you would be going with Josh Allen, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, and that's a good point too. You know, I'm joking around, obviously, about the Mike White thing, even though I think it's really cool what he has uh, been able to do. And I mean, really, it's not even been five quarters because he was out after that first series in, uh, in the Thursday night game against Indianapolis. But um, yeah, I mean, what if it, what if Mike White does just keep kind of slinging it around, and you know, this is a back and forth game? Then obviously, Josh Allen is going to be out there throwing it a lot more as opposed to if this is what it should be and it's a Bills blowout, then all of a sudden, you know, we see a lot of Devin Singletary, especially with Zach Moss being hurt. So um, I like it, but we're all going, you know, my joking aside, we're all going with Lamar just because he is a true, excuse me, let's try that again, a true dual threat quarterback. And, um, those are obviously the uh, the cheat codes in uh, in fantasy. So before we officially shut it down, um, I need to apologize. I uh, made a mistake last week, and I did not um, did not mention who was in last place in our fantasy cares uh, fantasy timeline eliminator. Drew, you were supposed to hold it down for us. And week eight claimed you. Uh, so now we are all officially out of it. Uh, someone that is not a uh, fantasy timeline affiliated will win this thing. Um, what do you have to say for yourself, Drew? Uh, I thought maybe since you skipped me, I'd still be in it. But, uh, ah. you know, uh, I, I also just want to get out of the way. I didn't. I didn't want to take the joy from somebody else. You know, people put time and energy into those drafts and um you know it's it's we're in it for the fun of of the group no it it sucks i I thought i had a good team but uh (laughs) excited to see who who pulls it off this year and uh i think yeah it's fun to see a lot of a lot of folks that jump in and join in and have put together some really good teams and yeah that's i mean that's part of why the chat is so lively each week and why we have so much good dialogue about you know which which side of a trade or uh, what do we think is going to happen with somebody. So uh, yeah, just another plug for the FTC chat. If you're not in there and uh, you want to have some fun throughout the week and uh, learn a few things, join us. Uh, kind of said it better myself, but we'll move on. Uh, and we also got to hit you know week nine. Unfortunately, week nine was uh, crazy for everyone. Uh, but it was craziest for Jay at Jay Michelle, uh last place. Uh, it was fun having you. Uh, it was fun having you around. But unfortunately, you will not be winning the uh, the fantasy cares uh, eliminator pool. So 
you, hey, you made it nine weeks, which means you made it longer than all three of the people sitting here talking about this thing right now. So consider yourself a, a, amongst the elite. But uh, on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thank you to the chat. It was awesome. Uh, we love uh, seeing people typing in the chat, talking in the chat, asking us questions, trying to figure out uh, their teams and what they're doing. Uh, remember, if you uh, pop this on, make sure you're hitting the bell. Make sure you're hitting subscribe so that when you know, you know when we go live. And um, you also will get the uh, trade addicts who accidentally left themselves public. So they were uh, they were recording live on Monday when I was on. So that was pretty funny because uh, they. Uh, they dropped a couple of bad words and uh, didn't realize they were live on for all of YouTube to see. So uh, uh, you also get the Dynasty Junkies with that, too, uh, when they go live. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff by just hitting the bell and hitting uh, subscribe. Hey, if you're listening to us on podcast, thank you very much. It's been almost an hour and 10 minutes, man. It's crazy. Um you could literally be doing anything else, but you decided to listen to us, and we appreciate that. Uh, if you just found us randomly, uh, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure if your podcast directory allows it that you leave us a rate and review. It helps us out, and it helps us get seen by more people. And on that note, we are out of here. Late.